0: Wow, wow, wow. Hallelujah. Man, oh man. I, uh, in worship, was just getting wrecked and uh, just amazing things. Look at the kids heading, heading out. Awesome. The, the revivalists of the future. I'll tell you what, if you don't serve in kids' ministry or children's ministry, you don't serve in some area of the church, you need to. Because if we expect the world to teach our kids how to be revivalists, we're grossly mistaken. The world will teach our children how to be of what the world views are, and God is saying we are never to let our children live in the worldview structure, but to actually live in the kingdom of God structure. I tell you, it's critically important. And, uh, and you know what? We just love opportunity to be able to serve. Service is one of the greatest forms of worship you can have. Praise and singing is what we do to celebrate who God is and what Jesus Christ is in our life. Worship is a lifestyle. And honestly, if it doesn't have service somewhere in it, then you don't understand the true hearts of worship. And I truly believe that as we were singing today, I... uh, One of the songs that, that we were singing, Oh God, oh God, I need you now. How many of us would agree with that? Oh God, oh God, we need you now. And I really sensed he was also singing in the heavens back, Oh church, oh church, we need you now. You see, if God wanted to do it all on his own, he would have never created you and me. God has the power and the authority to do whatever he chooses. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning from the end. He's created all good things. He is the creator. devil doesn't know how to create. He knows how to lie and deceive. God is a creator. And if he wanted to do it himself, believe me, he wouldn't have created Adam and Eve. We wouldn't be in the picture right now. But he never, ever destined... His son, Jesus, to come to this earth to tell the people or the Christians, you, can, you, don't, you, don't need, you don't need to be Christians. You don't need the church. No. That is not why Christ came into the world. More importantly, he came in to eliminate the old covenant, bring in a new covenant by his blood, his shed blood on that tree, on that cross. But the new covenant was to be sonship, daughtership in his father's kingdom. It wasn't to be manipulated in a church service. It wasn't to be boxed everything into the four walls and never go out from here. I actually felt I heard the voice of the Lord say, I didn't send you, my son, so the church would only celebrate in its walls. I sent you, my son, Jesus, to bring my presence from inside the walls of my church to the lost and dying world outside. And I know that I know that I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, revival is in the greatest forms and abilities and opportunities right now that we've ever seen, which is why the enemy is attacking harder and harder than it ever has before. I actually believe some people, even some marriages or some families, were attacked this morning to get here. I truly believe it. I sensed it in the presence And I thought, you know what? That little lying, deceiving devil. He's going to go after our family? Are you kidding me? Who the... Does he think he is? Like, seriously. Get back to hell, devil, because that's where you belong. You do not belong in the family of God. Period. We need to actually silence... The attacks instantaneously instead of actually let them foster and fester to separate and divide marriages or families or friends. If we let it fester, we actually open the door for increased attacks and warfare in our lives in our marriages. We're actually to walk victorious in such a level that the enemy begs to let him go. That the enemy comes running and saying, oh my goodness, or else the devil says to all of his demons, stay away from those guys. They're not going to listen. Their lives are too godly. Their hearts are too full of God's presence. We know that we can't get in there. So just spend your time on the weak ones out there the herding ones, like a pack of wolves. Anyone ever studied a pack of wolves or seen a pack of wolves? Well, last hunting trip with my son and a few friends, we do a fly-in way up in, the, in between. Oh, and if you're offended to hunting, get over it. <laughs> I think people have been doing it. A lot longer than they've been buying it at the Savon or the grocery store. It's, it's sustained life up to this time. And, and when you buy that little meat package, they just did it in a big barn building. Oh, but I don't eat meat. Okay, then stay to your vegetables. I eat the end product. I'm actually a vegetarian. I the moose eats the vegetables or the plants, and I eat the moose. So... And we were up there hunting, and we had one moose down, actually really close to the camp. And uh, you start to hear, Ooh! and we're in the middle of nowhere. And we, we've been dropped off by a float plane. There's no hiking out. And you know what? They smelt that meat. And wolves, hungry wolves, they'll do just about anything to get in there. And one of the, the people that were with us said, you know, well, just let them let come in, you know. Let them come in closer. And we're watching them on this ledge looking out over us. And I actually got some video of it. And I'm like, actually, no. One time I sat out a whole wolf encounter in a hunting trip many years ago. And we lost all our meat. I said, you know what? Show our superior dominance right now. It's this thing we hold in a gun that the government likes to ban. What are we going to do, run around the moose with a knife? Or you will probably ban that too. Wow, I just hit a lot of controversial topics right there. Just remember, guns don't kill. People using guns kill. It's kind of like cars don't kill, but drunk drivers do. Okay, that was my political speech I better be quiet I'm like no Justin grab your 7mm and you know what it only took a couple shots and we never saw the wolves again we had no idea that two black sentinel wolves were already down in our valley very close to where we were and the grey ones were up there watching and howling and directing them I say you know what Bring out the biggest gun you have to that devil. Because he wants to come in and eat what's been given for you to eat. Marriage, relationship, friendships, business, wisdom. He wants to take it, eat it. And God says, no, 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 no. It's crazy that the greatest thinkers, some of the greatest thinkers in the world right now, are godless people, humanists, atheists against God. You hear about these amazing, wise men and women, creators, not creators, but inventors, that's the word I want, inventors of things, how they built these things, how they dreamt about these things. And and the reality is God has given us gifts, whether you use them for him or you use them not for him. He's the giver of gifts, not the enemy. Jeremiah 1.5 says, while you're being formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I sanctified you. It means I prepared you, not subject to your religious state, you have gifts. Every incredible invention was used by a gift of God given to a man or a woman, but what bugs me and... I have a hard time grasping is that many of these famous men and women, these famous inventors that are doing amazing, incredible things in the financial business world, hate God. And as I study and I I get into Scripture, I'm like, actually, it's supposed to be the opposite than that, that that we as born-again believers should have the greatest minds available and seen in this world. Think of the massive advantages that a born-again believer has in their day-to-day living, in their marriages, in their families, in their businesses, in their churches. Think of the born-again believers, what options are available to them, given by God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, And the God who envisioned and created everything is in us if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today is your day to make that decision. Well, how do I do that? Believe on him. And you'll be saved. You know, sometimes you'll see me do what we call a sinner's prayer. It's not even biblical. I mean, confess with your mouth is But it doesn't say you have to pray a sinner's prayer to be saved. I use it so people actually feel like they've made a commitment. But the reality is is you just have to believe in him and trust him right now and you're saved. Bam. Just like that. You have to open your hearts to the Holy Spirit. Boom. He'll come in. Just like that. It's not a long, drawn-out process. You don't have to slave for some group for 20 years to get in. No, 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 no. Matter of fact... Christ paid that price on the cross 2,000 years ago. He paid the price. You get to walk into the store of heaven and say, I want it. Yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> and you won't get nailed for shoplifting when you run back out. <laughs> I want it. How many want it? I want it. Yeah, I'm a born again believer, but you know what? I want more. Yeah, or oh, are you greedy? No, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. I want more. I'm not satisfied with what little I have. Some people say, oh, my goodness, you travel the world. You do all these things. You see all these miracles. You see these signs. of Yeah, that's a little thing in what God has called us into. Because he didn't just call me or Kevin or leadership or pastors to do that. He called you. We're here in this service talking to a family. And if you're visiting today, welcome home. Bless you. I'm super honored to have my niece Heather from all the way from Ontario out visiting today. So she and her husband, amazing worshipers. It's just awesome. So, uh, but you know what? It's we're here, I'm here to speak about a good news. I really pray that if you want good news, find it on the church channel. That's what I pray. Find it in the House of God channel. Because some of these other channels that are out there, oh, that news you they'll plug your ears and say, enough is enough. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The God who envisioned and created everything is in us. Can you look to the person to your left and say, you are super good looking because God is in you. Look to the person to the right and say, I'm still praying for you. No, no, no. Say, you're super good looking because God is in you too. Think of this, the God that spoke the world into existence is in you. Like, we just gotta get a little grasp of who I'm looking at right now and who's watching online. We just gotta get a grasp of the true understanding of the identity that we have through Jesus Christ, the living Lord and Savior. Because I'll tell you what. You know that little argument you had coming this morning? It's just really frivolous. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have from God? And you are not your own? Guess what our world teaches us? You're your own boss. You're your own person. It's your right. You're going to McDonald's and someone butts in front of you. Oh, uh, I'm sure the majority of all of us in here would say, oh, yeah, you're in a rush. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, you too. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no problem. And all your kids are screaming because they're hungry. No, we actually get incredibly offended when someone butts in front of us because, number one, it's rude, but number two, it doesn't make us feel real big. But the reality is God is in you. Holy Spirit dwells within us. And Jesus Christ is transforming our mind to the understanding and the thinking of his Father God's. I love this in verse, verse 8 again. Sorry, I, we just read it, but I want, I want to just pull this apart for just a minute. Verse 8, for to one is given the word, something said through reasoning, that's what it means, the word, it's logos. For to one of us, to us, it's given thought and reasoning, of wisdom. Wisdom, the word literally means worldly or spiritual wisdom. It means intelligent, knowledge of diverse things. In other words, knowing things that are going to happen that don't make sense, but knowing things that maybe need inventing that haven't been invented yet. So what it's saying here is for to one is given thought and reasoning with spiritual and worldly, intellectual, intelligent of diverse things that are going to happen or need to happen. Think of the wisdom of King Solomon, and he wasn't even filled with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 16, now when we have received not the spirit of the world, so what's the spirit of the world look like? I give my life to you a world no. It's not talking about that at all. It's letting the things of the world bring you down. Depress you. Make you not want to do things that God wants you to do. It makes you not believe that you can do the calling in your life. That's the spirit of the world. Well, of course, it's sin, it's drugs, it's this and that. But I don't do drugs, I don't, I don't drink, I don't do all that. But you know what, I just can't do this. I just can't do what I'm called. You know what, that's the sin of the world. That's the world talking to you, saying you can't, when God says, yes, you can. I don't want the spirit of the world. I actually want the spirit of God in me to change the spirit of the world to radically see massive revival in our prime minister, in our governments, in America, the presidencies around this world. Now, we have not received, verse 12, we have not received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. In other words, there's a massive distinction between the spirit of the world and the spirit of God. When these men and women, unsaved, maybe atheists, Stuck on themselves, built something incredible, they actually were using the Spirit of God for this involved in the spirit of the world. Because the spirit of God is the creator, it's the creation, it's the ability to think things through wisely and not overreact to the things of this world. Even if they're not a believer, the five-fold ministry and the nine gifts of the spirit still operates. But how much more should they operate in the church? The spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have, seen, that, that have been seen, sorry, we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things, verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. Listen to what's saying here. Let me go back. I just want to clarify this here. These things in verse 13, we also speak. What do we speak? That we might know the things that we have seen have been given freely from us to God. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They don't receive them internally. They don't bring them in. They don't operate in the spiritual realm of the Spirit of God, but yet the giftings will operate when whatever spiritual realm you're in. That's why a mind reader or tarot card, a Ouija board reader, the accurate ones, are very prophetic gifts. They're they're operating in the spirit of the world which is owned by the devil not the spirit of God which is actually owned by God. The gifts are irrevocable. They're given to everybody. The choice is how you choose to walk in them and how you and I choose to use them. So when a A doctor in Vancouver back in the, I think it was the early 80s or late 70s, went to bed, actually an atheist man, and has a dream about, he's a heart surgeon, and he has a dream about a heart patient that valve needs replacement. And in the dream, he sees a pig heart. And in the dream, he sees himself cutting out the valve of the pig heart and putting it into the valve of the human heart, and he wakes up. It's now called the Bork-Shorner micro-valve replacement. It was one of the greatest breakthroughs in heart surgeries in the 80s. Well, you know what? You and I should be having dreams. But I'm not a dreamer. Why? Yeah. Well, I just don't dream. You know what? I used to have nightmares a lot. When I was a kid, oh my goodness, I had nightmares. In my teenage years, nightmares. Now I realize what was I putting in through my filters? Oh, I last seen before I went to bed. What was I thinking about when I went to sleep? And then I realized 11-11 right now. I woke up at 555 this morning. I don't know what's going on. Last Sunday it was 888 8, 8, and my odometer was 8888 8, 8, 8, when I drove in here. I don't know what the number thing is going on, but something happened. Are you a numerologist? No, no, no. I just whatever. Work it out yourself. You work on a computer all day, and it's ones and zeros. When you're looking at that beautiful picture of your grandbaby, it's just ones and zeros on that computer. Literally. We understand that, right? I don't know, is that how JPEGs things work? I think it's all ones and zeros, isn't it? Binary. In the year 2000, in Mexico, I went into a time of prayer and fasting. For God to open my eyes to see the supernatural realm. But in it, I wanted to live what I learned in the scripture. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law he meditates day and night. Man, I was in such a denominational group when I was growing up. Meditation was sinful because the New Agers did it. I'm like, yeah, but they now stole it from us for crying out loud. We're the meditators. On him, on God in our life. Meditate on him day and night. And so in that time of prayer and fasting, I started to focus and train my mind to fall asleep in his presence and to wake in his presence. And I started to have encounters, visitations, and dreams that were all good. I honestly, since the year 2000, have had one or two kind of wacko dreams that I can even think of, but no more nightmares. So Come on. Not one. Because when you're a dreamer, the enemy wants to set you up with his dreams. God saying, no, I set you up with my dreams, uh-huh. says the Lord. Yeah, uh-huh. These, verse 13, these things, We also speak, not in words, which is man's wisdom. And that teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. The natural man, he doesn't receive things of the Spirit of God. He doesn't receive them. His gift is able to do signs and wonders. But a sign and a wonder is not receiving the Spirit. Just because someone does a sign and a wonder doesn't mean that they're receiving or have received the Spirit. They're operating in their gift. God is looking for people that receive His Spirit and operate in the gifts that He has given to us. Verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For, look at 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. How much mind of him do we have? You know, I say, and I know people get so yappy and controversial when I say this. You have Jesus in you, but how much of him is in you? Whoa, oh, I said the sinner's prayer. Right, but how much of Jesus is in you? Like How much of the transformed mind is it? Yeah, you might have enough Jesus in you to get your name written in the book of life, but how much are you a walking Jesus on this earth? You'll never be him, but yet you're supposed to be him on this earth now as it is in heaven. How's the mind of Christ? I don't know. I know what I see in Scripture. He had all the right to yell and scream at his accusers. He had all the right, the ones that beat him, whipped him, flogged him, mocked him, spit on him. Did you spit on me? I can't. I'm taking you to court. Because isn't spitting on somebody actually a chargeable offense now? I'm taking you to court. Oh, no, actually, I have another purpose on earth. Okay, keep spitting. No. No, no. He had all the ability to cry out to his father to stop this. And what does he say? Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. I need more Jesus when I'm driving on the highway around this valley. Took all my Jesus stickers off just so in case I (laughs) got slightly aggravated by the drivers in this valley. We have the mind of Christ. How much mind do we have? We have the mind of Christ. It actually means that we should think like God. That we actually are God's think tank on this earth. You know, when you're in, if you're in business or high-level business, we have think tanks or we have a group of individuals that we think through or process things through. We're his think tank on this earth. It kind of sounds offensive, doesn't it, to God? But Not if we have a new, renewed mind in Christ. Maybe, maybe God doesn't need anyone's help to think. He just needs his mind-driven people to walk on this earth. Maybe he looks at us and says, come on, Windward Church, my think tank for that area. (laughs) Change your minds, your thoughts. Don't think you can't. Know that you can. Don't think that you, you won't be a revival church. Know that you are a revival church. Don't think that you can't change this region. You are called to change this region. Don't think that you can't go and evangelize on the street or in the malls or in your workplace. You're called to evangelize in the street, the malls, in the workplace. Don't think you can't be a living example, a testimony of Jesus for your family. You're called to be a living testimony of your family. That doesn't mean you grab your biggest Bible and hit your teenage kid over the head and say, you, I don't know, you wicked person, you know better, I taught you this. No, you want to be a testimony to your kids, then be a testimony to your kids. Because honestly, once they're in that teenage years, you've lost the ability to tell them what they have to do. Now I pray that they'll see your holiness and righteousness in you. That they'll want what you have. The Apostle Paul points out in these verses, that what was a mystery to God's Old Testament people is actually revealed to us because we think like God. We have received the Spirit of God who knows the mind of God. Therefore, since the same Spirit lives in us who lives in Jesus, we actually can think like God because Christ himself thought like his Father. He, everything he did is what he saw his father do. Everything he said is what he heard his father say. Can you imagine if you and I, everything we did is what we heard our father say or do. Everything we say is what we saw or hear our father say. Can you imagine a lifestyle that you and I would have if that's how we thought and we walked and we lived on this earth? And you know what? It's not hanging out 10 hours a day in his presence and doing nothing. Come on. It might be for a season, but nowhere does that call a lifestyle in scripture. You're actually not supposed to hang with God 10 hours a day, you're supposed to be in his presence 24 hours a day. I truly believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we have the greatest opportunity in the history of this world to walk in revival now. His kingdom come, His will be done on earth now as it is in heaven. I'm super excited about Chris Mathis coming down. He's a personal friend. You might not know who he is, or maybe you haven't heard of him, but I'll tell you what those June meetings, when we have him here, you need to be here. It's a Saturday night and a Sunday morning. He is, I believe, one of the great revival apostolic revivalists that is rising up in this country. Come on. Come on. Yeah, he's young. Well I call him young. His kids are still young. He saw a lot of your ages. How come the older people are looking at me? Do you want to know what God is thinking? When you're in his presence, what are you thinking? Think I should get out of my seat today and worship up front? Ooh, wow! You just spoke God thought, God thoughts. Yeah, but you know what? I'm pretty comfortable in my chair. Yeah. Oh, now you spoke other thoughts. I'm not saying you have to get out of your seat to worship Him, but I'm saying what? If you come in these doors, you should come prepared to worship. But you should be worshiping before you come, because His family. We're destined to live the lifestyle of worship. When you are right with God and living in right life, you begin thinking his thoughts. Man. Hmm. Uh, Sharon, I think that we're supposed to sell everything and buy a boat and get debt free and start a ministry. That's what I think. Some of you don't know, but that's what happened in 1996 to my wife and I. And we called the ministry Windward. Boy, it was easy to not go down that path. I was in the greatest business success of my life, financially, (sniffs) setting myself up for retirement, financial blessings, owning court businesses. Wow, so easy for me to have said, ah, I can't do that. The Old Testament prophet went on to ask, who has known the mind of the Lord? Apostle Paul replied, we do. We have the mind of Christ. You see, the mind of Christ is your secret weapon. It's not your gift. Because if it's your gift is your secret weapon, chances are you're going to find an unsafe person with a stronger gift like you. I had that. Ouija, board, tarot, card, mind reader guy. He called me on my unlisted cell number. Because he got it from his gift. Yeah, I didn't get his number. With the mind of Christ in us, you can journey out into the world of mystery, into the world of miracles, into the into the divine craziness of his presence. You see, his presence is crazy. Like like it's not hum. 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 that's not the presence of God. Presence of God, fire, peace, joy, righteousness, fire of God, love of people. The presence of God is like, wake up, church, wake up, church. I gave you all the abilities. I gave you the power and the authority through my son who died on the cross and rose again. I've given it to you. I actually sent you my Holy Spirit. Not so you could come to church and... It's a happy day. And I thank God for the weather. Actually, it's a really dreary, rainy day. It's a happy day. Oh, that's actually a good song. It's the first song I learned on my ukulele. (laughs) It was grade three. I played it in front of the whole missionary base on a talent night. Do you know what? It is a happy day, and we are to thank God for the weather. It's a happy day, even when it's belting down rain in British Columbia, which is like a huge part of the season here in the Vancouver region. Can you imagine if you were depressed when it rains, man, you'd be depressed like eighty percent of the time. You need to move to Florida or something. Oh, I shouldn't say that. All oh, my kids are like, "Let's go to Florida." They all married Americans. Texas or Florida? <laughs> happiness is a choice. It's actually called joy. Joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is a choice which creates happiness. When we choose the joy of the Lord as our strength, we get to mount up with, e- with wings as eagles. We get to run and not be weary. Walk and not be faint. But instead of walking a journey of mystery, miracles, and divine craziness, many Christians have become predictable, boring, and uninspired people. That is not God. That is not the Spirit of God. You are not called to have a boring, predictable, uninspired life. Jesus, he was a radical forethinker activist. The guy was actually a bit of an activist if you think about it. And he actually went against the normal. And in three short years of ministry, he altered the course of human history. Imagine if we had his mind. What we could alter in history. Jesus transformed the way the world viewed God. He actually transformed the way we're supposed to view money, nature, religion, and kingdom life. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you're here this morning and you feel that you are in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus is in you, just put your hand up. Many hands. This is for you. You are a new creation. (laughs) Old things, old thoughts, old actions have passed away. Behold, all things have become new in you. When you're a new creation, born again into the kingdom of God, filled with his spirit. That word new in that verse, it actually means prototype. (laughs) You're a prototype. We all need, you know, when you build a prototype, you haven't put it to market yet because it's a prototype. You're tweaking it, getting it to function better and work right. Well, guess what? When we sit together in this house, I pray that we're getting tweaked a little bit. Because there's no one like you. You're the first of you. You're the prototype. You thought Elon Musk is amazing when he did his prototype of Tesla. Oh, what are you? A prototype of God's presence in your body with a renewed mind in Christ Jesus. It means you need to be you. Don't get influenced by, I want to be like that. Or try to be someone you're not. You need to be you in Christ Jesus. You need to be you filled with His presence. We're actually the first creatures to live on earth and in heaven simultaneously. (laughs) The Old Covenant couldn't do that. When John the Baptist says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that word both Greek or that phrase in both Greek, Aramaic and Hebrew mean exactly the same thing. It means the kingdom of heaven is touchable, it's at hand. At hand means it's touchable. I have to get close enough to someone to be at hand. I'm not at hand here. When I can touch Donna, I am at hand with Donna. The kingdom of heaven is touchable. It's right here. Oh, can you grasp it? Jesus then also declared the exact same thing. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's touchable. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. Uh, sorry, verse 8, starting in verse 8. Chapter 3, 8. To me, this is Paul saying, to me whom less, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Preach amongst you the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. God creates a mystery in us which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. But look at verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places. (laughs) He did this so the manifold wisdom of God would be known in the church and every power and principality in heaven and in hell would know what the church's destiny, what they're rising up to do in this country called Canada and around this world. He is calling the church to rise up in the manifold wisdom of him. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness, boldness, and access with confidence through faith in him. Boldness and confidence, it's exactly what the world does not want you to have, but God is saying, I have given it to you. Boldness and confidence. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Interesting when Paul, that's verse 13, can be taken two ways. His tribulations, the attacks that were against him and on him at this time in life, were also being brought to the church. Or, the gospel that he was preaching, the kingdom of heaven he was releasing, I bring you some tribulations from the world, but I count it worthy to be bound to God, my Father. And the amazing thing is, is God has called you and I worthy before we might feel we're worthy. Let's all stand. We are endowed with the manifold wisdom of God by which the Lord reveals the mysteries of the kingdom through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. The Greek word translated manifold, multicolored, multidimensional, it means we all look different. And we're seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Right now. Not when you die. Now. And that gives us the most profound advantage to receive wisdom, power, and authority through Jesus Christ in us. It gives you the profound advantage right now to start making wise decisions in life and not foolish ones. It gives you the power. It gives me the power, the authority, and the advantage to reap the harvest because the fields are ripe right now. It's looking for the workers the ones who have a renewed mind in Christ Jesus to bring in the harvest Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 the Apostle Paul writes after these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven you have eyes to see in the spirit right now. Just imagine what, Paul, what John was looking at. A door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you the things which must take place after this. Come up here, How many of us are willing to hear what's being spoken in this verse? I actually hear right now in the spirit, choirs of heaven, come up here. They sound better than that. Come up here," says the Lord. (laughs) A voice in heaven saying, "Come up here." The revelation of Christ Jesus saying, "Come up here. Your earthly body can live on the earth, but where's your spirit dwelling? Where's your mind, your thoughts dwelling?" up here, says the Lord, and I will show you things. I will show you things. I will give you answers, says the Lord. I walk with you. I talk with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. In the storm, I'm there. I'm with you. Walking you out of the storm. I actually believe that the disciples were supposed to calm the wind and the waves the storm while Jesus slept. But too much fear got in. Too much fear. Fear is one of the greatest creators of storms in your life. Living in fear. And what is the world trying to get us to do? Fear, fear, fear. What happens when you hear C-O-V-I-D? Fear. I'm like, yeah, another miracle waiting to happen. I got a scratchy throat. Oh, no, what is it? Good night. Two and a half years ago, if you had a scratchy throat, what was it? You didn't really care. A little bit of vitamin C and some OJ. We do not live in the spirit of this world. We live with the spirit of God in us. Come up here. Come up now now go higher and higher and higher in his presence right now father god we're going higher we're going higher our feet might walk this earth but our mind is not consumed with its problems for oh god as we go higher in your presence you give us the answers for the problems of this world. Oh, Father God, the dreamers in this room, I pray. Dream, dream. Don't hold back. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Yes, you can, says the Lord. Some of you are like, oh, I can. Yes, you can, says the Lord. It's clear, yes, you can. heard our brother just quote a scripture, all things are possible. You know what? You know what that word, that actual scripture context in the fullness is? Through Jesus Christ, all things are possible. But the actual context is through Jesus Christ, you're supposed to get it done. Oh, everything's possible. You could sit in life Oh, that's possible. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, you know, I might possibly invest there and I might possibly make some money. I might possibly get hungry. I might possibly go out and buy grocery food. But the context is that possibilities become realities. And everything that God has called you and me to do It's possible if you haven't made the decision, it'll happen if you choose to follow and do it. It's a happy day. D, play D. Just a chord D. I think so. I think it was D. I think it's like D G. It's a happy day. It was a little high for me. And I thank God for the weather. It's a happy day, and it's living it for my Lord. It's a happy day. Are <laughs> gonna get there. Living each day by the promises of God's word it again it's a happy day i thank god for the weather it's a happy day it's a happy day day. and things are going to get better living each
1: day by the promises of
0: god's word do we believe it do we believe it? Believe on me and you shall be saved, says the Lord, says Christ himself. Not me, Brent. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Whew, it's a happy day. It's actually a happy, happy day. Whew. how many are thankful in this house? Uh, we are a blessed family. I actually saw miracles were going to happen here this morning. I saw it in worship, and I saw it when Chris was doing transition. And I want to tell you, if you need a miracle, if you're feeling a little fluish, get up here in Jesus' name. I call the prayer warriors up. If you're feeling something, you just need encouragement, get up here. Let, let the leadership lay hands on you to bless you. And encourage you and empower you because you know what this day is a good good day matter of fact this is the bestest day ever the bestest day ever and the bestest is yet to come but this is the bestest we've had today if we don't live like that then we'll always try to live out of the memories of the past Oh, I remember when I was in revival like 28 years ago. What on earth happened? Get up, stand up, and enter into revival once again. Because revival is life. It's not death. It's walking in power and authority, not in fear of this world. You want prayer? We're going to close and come for prayer for this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day. Think of it just for a moment. God made this day. You have breath this day and He created this day for you. Wow. That's your significance. That's your importance. And all the earth sings of its glory. Sings of its glory. Cancer, get out in Jesus' name. Tumor, out in Jesus' name. Breathing disorder, get out in Jesus' name. For we are here to walk, to run, and not be weary. We are here to breathe the breath of the freshness of your Holy Spirit. And we are alive today to be the living testimony of Jesus Christ and all the people said, amen and amen.